The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues that are vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. We've been having a blast this week, pretty much doing a new show every single day. We're going to be carrying that on into next week as well. Uh, different guests, different topics, all that kind of stuff. It makes it fun. Um, I know you know everybody's got time now because uh, the majority of America is at home, so we're just kind of you know filling in your time with new conversations and just keep your mind stimulated and all that kind of stuff. Uh, before we get to the actual show, uh, just a reminder that we do have our book out, Social Injustice. Uh, you guys can pre-order, you guys can order that actually at gatekeepersonline.com/store. Um, and then we've also got uh, Pastor Sam's new book uh, that's going to be coming out this summer. You guys can be pre-ordering as well there in the GK, in the GK store. Um, and so make sure you guys go over and do that. Also, a reminder as well, we do have our membership program uh, called Plugged In. Uh, it's going to get you guys exclusive access to uh, the Destroy Social Justice Conference. Um, all those videos will be up there extremely shortly. We're just doing a little bit of post-editing, that sort of thing, as well as uh, my talk and Sam's talk from the Stand Against Marxism Conference will be in there as well. Um, and then it's going to get you exclusive discounts over at the store. Uh, you guys are going to get our weekly devotional that's going to be sent out um, every week. Um, and just a lot a lot more perks and that sort of thing. Uh, one additional thing we're going to be including is if you do sign up for the annual membership, I'll send you a copy of Social Injustice uh, for free. So sign up for the annual where you're prepaying for the whole year. You get a discount on uh, your saving money that way, plus you'll be getting the book for free. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of really cool stuff. You guys can go over to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in for more information. Um, but uh, without further ado, uh, bringing on our guest, we've got Dustin Faulkner. Uh, who is uh, one of our fellow GK podcasters. We've, uh, he's the host of Battlefront Southgate. Uh, been writing for the website for quite a while. But welcome to Conversations, Dustin. I'm glad we could sit down to do this. Great. Thanks for having me on again, Jeff. Yeah, you know, and, and the, the fun thing is, I, th- I, I think with, with uh, you know, both you and Shu especially on Twitter is just it's pure entertainment following you guys as you guys are participating in a lot of these, like, debates and conversations. Uh, but one of the things you've really been talking about a lot, a lot lately is the coronavirus and just everything that's going on um, and how, you know, this may be kind of impacting our liberties moving forward as a country, which has been a fascinating conversation, I think. Right, because you got to understand that, you know, if you remember what Rahm Emanuel said, that you never let a good crisis go to waste. And uh, if you look around, there are a lot of these guys taking that chance and taking advantage of actually a pretty dire and scary situation, because there's not one of us sitting on here who will say that, that we we're not taking this serious to a point on our ends. Everybody has their own level of, of what they know about the virus. Everybody has their own level of uh, their reasonable uh, concerns. And 
uh, and everybody has also their own lives that have been actually impacted in some way by this virus. And uh, and I believe that what we're experiencing now is, uh, first of all, uh, you have different forms of information coming at you from many sides, some credible and not. Uh, but it's causing some people to panic and have uh, sort of an not truly informed uh, peace of mind. Uh, not, they don't have a good peace of mind about it. Uh, and and a lot of things aren't in perspective. So you're causing panic to people. And when they look around now, that panic becomes more and more realistic uh, as they sit at home trying to gather their thoughts and their uh, concerns for the future because of this. And that's why uh, on Twitter, that's why it's the, the news cycle right now, uh, it dominates the world at this point. And so with the worldwide uh, domination in the news, this is what you're going to have to deal with. And you always have to approach the news cycle with what people are looking for uh, with the information. And that's what uh, Shu and I do. We we, we kind of like to stir stir the pot <laughs> some, somewhat, but that's what's happening right now, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I really feel like what, what we're really seeing um, is that there's becoming more and more distrust with mainstream media. So whether you're talking about CNN or even Fox News or MSNBC or pretty much any of the major uh, news outlets, we're seeing a lot of distrust. And I think a lot of it is because they're just looking for clicks. So they're just coming out with whatever the latest information that they have, and they don't actually take the time to go and do their research like what I think I feel like journalists used to do. And so now what we're seeing is like these alternative forms of media, you know, like like what like what we do with the GK. Like I feel like a lot of times we do a lot of uh, actual research, a lot of actually digging and trying to figure out what's going on. Other websites like Knock Report, um, you know, there's a lot of other alternative media sources that I feel like are actually doing legit journalism where you're actually going in, you're doing research, you're figuring out what's going on, and then we participate in the larger discussion. Um, and so, like, that's why I appreciate, like, what you do with, like, preparing for your podcast, you know, and I feel like that's an important thing that is really lacking with the mainstream media. Oh, well, yeah, Jeff, because here, here are the facts. When, when you are uh, put into a position that you're going to be relaying any kind of information to people, you have a strong responsibility, especially as Christians, because, you know, we're supposed to tell the truth in everything in, in, in our walks, in our actions, our thoughts. Uh, we're, and you have a responsibility uh, that uh, to make sure that you are delivering the most current, uh, well thought out, diligent uh, information that you can provide to people. Because people absolutely, especially right now, uh, they're, they're sitting at home. Uh, see, I just touched my face. It's bad. Don't do that, guys. But you gotta you gotta provide the information to people that. It, you clear it out. You got to try and to be unbiased. But we're always going to have some kind of bias. thing. that's just the way way we are as human. You know, we just will. But uh, you got to at, at the most your strongest ability to to do take the time, uh, not rush to be irrational about things. And, and I know that's difficult right now, especially. Uh, you know, that's why uh, when I try to put out information, I try, I try. To make sure that I'm getting what's current, I try to make sure that uh, before I give an opinion on something that uh, I, I've kind of hashed it out. Um, I watch other people, and especially this, is what anybody needs to be doing is uh, we need to be turning to experts. And uh, during this po problem, we're going to be uh, seeing a lot of self-proclaimed experts. Now, I am no expert on this, but I am just as I have with anything else, seek to uh, get around experts uh, and then you use that information that they uh, give to you and you provide it to the other people. And that's that's what journalism is. It's information and then you provide that uh, as documentation to other people so that they can be rightly informed. And that's what everybody needs to be doing is to calm down and then just, just try and get through this with proper, straight and clear information as much as possible. Yeah, and, and I feel like that, I feel like that, that there's a certain responsibility on each of us as Americans and individuals to almost be our own journalists as well because of the fact that th that there's so much inf misinformation out there. I mean, you never really know what to believe. I mean, if if you were to read something from CNN and then something from Fox News and then something from Breitbart and something from whatever organization, every single place is going to have a totally different take 
on what we're seeing. And so then from from there, it's like, how do you figure out, okay, what's the truth? What's actually going on? Because I feel like with this whole coronavirus thing, that's really been one of the biggest problems is nobody actually has any idea what the heck is going on. Right. And and, and that's very concerning because, you know, uh, I'll be I have a uh, program that'll be coming out shortly uh, on with Southgate. And, and I've gone through the information and I relay this information to everybody because there's so much of it out there. And actually, we think we know about the virus. But if you look into everything, it, we still have we still have a lot to uh, figure out about it. It's still sort of in the unknown. So we basically have uh, a few things that we know, especially about how long it stays on the surfaces and how long, uh, how it's passed from person to person. And typically, like the, uh, many of them, it's through the sneezing and coughing. And, you know, uh, that. so it causes a reasonable fear that people, if they like sneeze or anything, those droplets go away into the air. Um, and we also know that uh, it started out that we were seeing that it was elderly and, and sick people dying from it, but then some more information has come uh, to light uh, as they've been researching that uh, it's actually causing a problem with 20 to 44 year olds. And, uh, and that's because a lot of them, you know, we all think we're immune to everything, uh, especially like the spring breakers. We just saw go viral on the internet for their uh, complete idiocy um, and, and selfishness that, you, you're they're passing it from one another and a lot of us you know you could be passing that to somebody so it's like important why uh we start getting uh experts and other authorities uh which i uh, recommending for us to st- to limit our contact out there for us to limit going out into crowds as much as possible because of the community spread which is a strong concern and at first if you go to coronavirus.gov you'll see uh, the up-to-date information, it's a website that they placed out there. The CDC has it. And, you know, of course, we have certain concerns with any information that's put out by them. I think they're doing a pretty good job of putting this out because keep on, keep in mind, it's still a pretty much new virus uh, from December. That's not that long ago. And so uh, it's very scary. Uh, and what I just even have checked on some of the information is that a lot of people don't understand that there's actually been two mutations of it since uh, it released there now. Uh, that was one of the things I was telling, you know, my wife. Uh, now I'm not the expert on the viruses or anything, but you got to think about this. Uh, uh, how long does it take for a normal virus that, uh, to get mutations because of vaccinations or uh, because it, it goes through other whatever it does to mutate? But for that quickly to have two more mutations of that thing, that's something concerning, and we're getting a lot of that information. And I think that that's why you're seeing this movement so fast uh, with our government officials trying to stem the tide of that. And uh, I think that we need to, to be, be aware of what's being said uh, and to also consider the other things that's being used by this crisis. Yeah. Well, you know, and I feel like to a certain degree as well, there's been a lot of overreaction on both sides. So there's been, you know, there's been some people from the very beginning that being like, hey, this is no big deal. It's just like the flu. You know, let's just, what's the point of taking this seriously? And then, and then there's other people that go to the other extreme, uh, like what we're seeing here in in the state of California, where they literally do an, an entire shutdown. Like nobody's nobody's allowed to go to work. Nobody's allowed to do anything other than uh, what they deem like essential uh, you know, businesses or something like that, which, you know, it's really weird. They include, you know, obviously grocery stores are essential, uh, you know, uh, post office is essential, but then they're also including cannabis clubs are essential. Okay. Uh, but you know that, but like that's California. Uh, but, but I feel like to a certain degree we're, we're shutting down it like an entire economy. So I feel like we've got kind of both sides are going to the polar extremes and it's like, at what point, is either one of those actually the right decision or is there something in the middle? I don't know. It's just it's been interesting seeing the the complete polar opposite perspectives when it comes to coronavirus. Right. And and I agree with you on this point. Uh, I've tried to keep a a middle of the road approach uh, because there's overreaction on both sides. And, you know, you you, but I also believe that we're we're dealing with a lot of overreach. I think that uh, you know, anytime that government gets involved in anything that would uh, take control of uh, the private sector or businesses or any of our personal lives, for that matter, 
we, we should be concerned because, uh, you know, it's just like anything else. You start going around telling people what to do. How much of that then is going to allow people to make good and proper decisions on anything? Because then they're controlled by the forces of authority. And uh, I, I'm not sure how you would see it, Jeff, but I think that I don't want people telling me what to do. Just give me the information and then allow me to make the right decision on what should be done. And in my opinion, most people will rationally make proper decisions. Just give them enough information that they understand what's going on. You don't need to get out there and nanny state everything. But like, you know, I, I believe that, that this is the time that they're taking an opportunity to do that. And uh, like that shutdown in California, I mean, but as you just said, uh, they're keeping cannabis clubs has, uh, uh, and all that. I mean, guys, I mean, it's still this government overreach. Just let you guys make the, the right decisions. I'm sure that every Californian there uh, has concerns and they're uh, not going to go out acting uh, extremely crazy. But how, how much more crazy might they be if their uh, people are, are telling them what to do and keeping them in? Was that the whole point? Uh, by them wanting their marijuana clubs and everything was so that they had the right to choose or not choose. Yeah. Well, see, see, and, and like that's the thing is, is I, I get the rationale of trying to – of telling people, okay, stay inside because we, we need to beat this thing. And basically if they were taking the approach of, okay, we're, so we're going to stay inside for a couple weeks so that way we can build up uh, more beds and ICUs. We, we can uh, build up our, our, medica, our medical care system. And we can also figure out a virus or a, a vaccine to beat the virus or medication or something like that. If there was like a time frame, they're like, okay, we need three weeks of everybody staying in to kind of hold this at bay. And then we'll have a game plan to be able to actually beat this thing. I feel like a lot of Americans would be like, that makes sense. But I feel like what's happening right mm-hmm. now is like in California, I think we've got we've got to shut down for a month. And even then, it's still kind of indefinite. There's no actual game plan. I don't feel like anybody's actually doing anything. So then, really, what's the point of keeping us in if in a month we're going to be going back outside and being re-exposed to this and we literally go through this all over again in 30 days? And I feel like that's part of the problem is that even the people in government and leadership, it's like Gavin Newsom is taking an overstep from a liberal leftist perspective – but with no actual resolution, and then you start questioning, okay, is this going to be a long-term thing? Is this government overreach going to be a permanent thing like we saw with the Patriot Act after 9-11? And that's concerning, you know? Yeah, that, that actually that frightens me because, all right, now let's say that we do get a handle on all of this. And, and to me, I think, uh, I, I, think that, I think there are people who are trying. Uh, uh, I really do agree with social distancing. Uh, that's why... I'm the only one in my household going out just because uh, I'm, I, I, I have a lower risk, so to speak, than my wife would, but in my children. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm disinfecting at every point. You know, I, I, I keep them in my car. Uh, I have sanitizers in my car that if anybody were to be riding in my car, they're able to use that sanitizer. Uh, you know, I just take I take common sense precautions as much as I can. And, you know you're going to have to go out. I mean, we have to, you know, you have to get some stuff and, and with everything bought out that there's something that you're going, going to need. And that's, that's, that's a concern to me that when we do get a wrap on this, is this maybe perhaps a test to how much people will allow before they start pushing back? Cause what's going to happen when we start getting into say October uh, and, and we've been outside free for a bit and now they're saying, oh, we still don't have the vaccines. We, uh, we still don't have any of the things that, that would treat this or be therapeutic for it uh, to get people over this. Uh, we need to really shut it down. And we're going to shut down throughout the fall and winter months when maybe this virus is uh, at its worst. That's, so how much of this is actually being uh, a sort of systematically orchestrated to where they are uh, making uh, to test the threshold of uh, the American public to what they will obey before they have to do take other measures to uh, make us stay inside or whatever they choose for us to do. 
Yeah. Well, and see, and see, like you know, some people that maybe maybe they don't necessarily study a lot of this kind of stuff. They may be like, yeah, that sounds conspiratorial, like that, like you're just throwing that out there. You don't know. But I feel like at the same time, when you see somebody like Nancy Pelosi when they were trying to pass the the, the bill to actually uh, combat uh, coronavirus, she she tried to sneak in uh, money to fund abortions. And you're like, you, so you're taking advantage of this situation of combating coronavirus in order to push your in order to push your pet projects like Planned Parenthood or abortion or something along those lines. So then it's when you take it to that logical uh, next step, it's not that far out of the extreme to think that not that they're causing this to happen, but that they're taking advantage of the situation to see, okay, how far can we push this? How far can we go? And that's the concern, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, we don't know quite yet, and it's, a, it's an opinion of anybody's if they're saying that this was uh, orchestrated to start, right? Uh, and, and some people have good reasons to say that because of uh, what they put information. Now, you can d- derive an opinion of what you think might be happening based on all of the information you're taking. So you take information, and then you, you set it before yourself. You start looking at everything that's happening, and then you think about all of the research and everything you've done before that point, and then you come to a decision on what you might uh, think is. And, and a lot of people might call it conspiracy, but many conspiracies, uh, they're always kind of like a prelude to a truth. And, you know, because if people weren't having uh, theories, then would we be even be, be looking at that? Some people take it too far. I agree with that. Uh, I don't think that you need to be putting things out there, especially like you get people that they just look at what's happening and then they form an opinion, but they don't have any kind of the information that, that they – make a an informed opinion there's two different things you got an opinion based on uh, your emotion and your thoughts by looking at it and then you got an opinion based on experience and knowledge of the people who are involved in these things and i think that it's a reasonable concern that when you have officials that are uh doing things as you just said about nancy that are adding to the, the that are trying to tack on their own agendas onto emergency relief bills uh, that that's a very big problem and, and it's a very uh it's it's a warning sign it's a it's a red flag to me because uh, I, I certainly believe that we got we're gonna have to act i mean this is who was ready for something like this i mean many of us have tried to warn about possible uh problems that might be arising in the future but i don't think that any of us expected it to be a virus that gets out there and then causes this panic that also uh, is used is used by a, the, a problem that people are trying to stop to uh, begin implementing measures that they've sought to uh, do in the past and uh, hoping for the future to take over some things. Uh, I think that you have some people that have put some pretty good articles out about this, and also uh, there is uh, an issue, you know, with about businesses and in, in, in losing income, and I think that's. It's very scary because I myself am trying to build a business and a network, and I'm in my early stages of that without any kind of the income. It's a it's a problematic, you know, when you're trying to build something up or somebody who is their business has been just right there teetering on the edge, even though they've been working very hard. Because you know, every good business takes time to show profit. Uh, and, and then you get crashed like this. We need to worry about those people. You have law firms out there now that uh, those guys won't be returning maybe. They're lost because courts are shut down. Uh, they got to have some kind of income in order to be able to exist. And so we need to come up with a, a something. And, and, you know, we're all talking about that. But we need to make sure that it, we're not overreaching into things that's going to cause problems later. And uh, I think that I, I understand that we should have a rush, you know, into everything. But I also understand that you shouldn't just rush to any decision and uh, uh there are some people like john carney out there he's a you know, finance guy with uh breitbart uh there's some things that he says that i agree with and there's some things that i, I disagree with but he's an intelligent man and he's put forth some very good uh options about this and i think that we need to be looking into doing some of that because uh the what we don't want to do is crash the economy and obviously we're not a, we haven't been a true capitalist economy for some time we've been getting there. We've been returning to that, but we haven't gotten out of those waters that we have been swimming in for all of this time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I feel like dealing with the economy, too, uh, historically, when there's been a big crash, it's always been because of, of like, bad practices. You know, like there, like there was the dot-com uh, bubble that burst. There was the housing market that burst. And in both of those instances, there were specific things that you could point to that was, okay, those were bad practices that were probably illegal that people were getting away with. And that's what caused those bubbles. This is something... That's a whole different ball game where we're literally talking about like a disease that's shutting down the entire country. Um, and so then you start wondering, okay, so so obviously it's destroying the economy. But then again, from like a long term thing, is it, you know, once we beat coronavirus, is it actually going to continue to be a, a crappy uh, economy? Because it wasn't like we have to fix or right wrongs. It's literally nobody can go to work. And then is is the economy going to come back if people can start going to work again? I don't know. It's Again, it's kind of uncharted waters here. Right. And, and you know, I, I that believe that's why we get a lot of uh, – when you start having uncertainty like that, that um, you, you get people who are concerned and will start uh, making uh, decisions that they haven't – thought thought through rationally just because it sounds good at that moment and um uh and i think that that's you know that's where we need to really start uh as christians we need to this is when we really need to start talking to people because we need to help them to understand that uh things happen you know through god's sovereignty but god is in in control at all times He, he just is there's he hasn't left us um you know and he hasn't uh he hasn't left the people out there who uh, haven't come to obedience uh, in Christ, uh, but uh, he's in control. And we need to, because see us Christians, we have a peace of mind. We know that no matter how bad things get here, it's just temporary. And that's why we, uh, while we continue to uh, obey in Christ, uh, we, we live under his authority. Uh Every decision that we make and, and, and thought that we have, we take captive and we try to be calm, especially in situations like this. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need to be calm, firm. And I don't think we need to be losing our courage, especially those people that God has appointed to take uh, leadership in, in times like this. Uh, we need to have a great courage. And we need to also be telling people, okay, remember that Christ is in, in, in that God's in control and through Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we have a, a strong saving faith and we know that uh, our trust and be thankful that you have everything you do now because there's not a lot of people going hungry yet. All right. Um, it, it, you need to be thankful for that. That's a very good thing to be thankful for. Uh, I know that p- you could be thankful. You still have stores that you can go to uh, be if you got to find the things you're thankful for, because if you're thankful, uh, you know, we, we have a peace, you have contentment and, um, I think it's important that we're letting people know that. And uh, this is a, a, such a great time uh, for Christians that we can really show uh, the type of people that we, we really are when uh, for uh, quite some period we've been infiltrated by bad people, uh, bad actors, uh, and we've uh, been with the prosperity. You can go into all of the false gospels that we have with us, but for those who really truly live the gospel, uh, this is a great time for us to show a strength that God has given to us. And I think that all of us need to be doing our best and in prayer consistently uh, about how we should handle every every single situation that's given to us, especially our uncertain futures about our economies, because uh, we don't we, we don't know if it will, will come back, if it gets really bad, if we go into a 22 percent unemployment rate. Uh, we don't know any of that. We just know that it, stay in prayer and then hope for uh, the best with our Father in heaven uh, that will be guided the correct way. That's what I think we should be doing. Yeah, and and, and I think it's really important that you know as as uh, as Christians we are being a testimony for the gospel that we are showing that we do have trust in God that we do have faith in Him. Um, and, and I don't think that that means that we have to go around like acting like we're invincible. I mean, obviously, we still take precautions. We still, uh, you know, look to protect ourselves, protect our families. You know, we, we do all the right things. 
but we're just not sitting around like freaking out like the rest of the world is. Um, we just try to, you know, keep calm. We stay focused on, you know, getting all the information that we can, and we just be good believers and good Christians that are that are looking to help other people where we can. Maybe we can, maybe we can't because of being, you know, quarantined or whatever it is we want to call it. But at the same time, we need to be looking for opportunities to be a testament to the gospel and and share the the truth, whether that's in dealing with coronavirus, whether that's the gospel, whether it's sharing our faith, whatever that might be. But we always need to be ready with the truth. And that's, I think, what needs to set aside Christians from the secular world. Right. And, you know, first and foremost, uh, you need to... Uh, um, you need to take care of your own household, uh, Buzz. Now, that doesn't – a lot of people will get things confused of what that means. You know, don't go into some extremes that um, that you're, you're going out myself or nobody else, okay? We need to understand that you have to take care of your family. That make, make sure the needs are met. Um, you need to uh, make sure that uh, your, your wife and your kids as men, we need to be making sure that they are – taken care of, uh, and, and you need to be an example of that. And I think that's an, another great, uh, there's a lot of silver linings in this issue. And, and one of them is that I think that we're going to see more families being together. And, and the reason is, is because you're having to be there. You're, you're, you're actually going to be sitting down. We're going to start learning to love being around our families again, our wives, our children. Um, and, and I think that that maybe, you know, th- I mean, this is just thing I'm throwing out in my head that maybe a lot of people going to, and I've said this, that uh, we're going to see a lot more conservatives come out of this because they're going to learn that what they were doing before they never really needed. Um, and that isn't to say that we shouldn't be having people out there trying to be successful in doing this, but look how far we've gotten away from biblical principles and in, 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 in the way that we treat uh, everything and in, in, in the way that we act. Uh, that now we'll start maybe seeing a difference because a, a situation forced you to have to take other means uh, to do rightly and to take care of family. Now, like I said, you take care of your family. Then if, you, if you're able to, you can help somebody else. But remember, first and foremost, to take care of your own household. And by us doing that, um, it will it will help everybody else around them and, uh, and to keep the mentality that, you know, uh, we want other people to be fine. But you're taking care of your family and uh, don't be concerned with people that are, because there's a lot of us that did prepare for this beforehand. Or, I mean, there's, uh, or, or there's those who didn't or anything like that. That's fine. Uh, but don't be concerned with the names that you're called, uh, like being hoarders. Now there are people who are, are, are hoarding, but not as many as, as they're saying, uh, like I said, they're just trying to get ready for something uh, that is, they're unforeseen to them and uh, take care in that situation that uh, you're not just going around calling people, people names because they thought differently than you. Uh, and, and I think that's another important issue here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, th- and I think as well that, that going through this is really going to put people's philosophies to test and, you know, and even from more political ideologies, uh, you know, putting people's ideology, when, whether it comes to socialism or capitalism, and put that to the test and see, okay, what do we actually want as a country? What's the actual solution? Is is the solution to a lot of these things going to be personal responsibility and, and owning your own business? And, you know, and maybe to a certain degree, maybe we need to kind of take things back to the way that the the early years of our country was where people were actually entrepreneurs and everybody owned their own small business. They were reliant on themselves and and then they were providing a service or products to their local community as opposed to everybody relying on, let's say, their jobs or their careers from a big multi-state, multinational, you know, company. And then something goes bad and they let you go and now you have no options because they took that away from you. And so this mm-hmm. may be a wake-up call for people to Stop relying on big government. Stop relying on big companies. Stop relying on somebody else for your livelihood, but take responsibility and do something yourself. Be self-sufficient. Find a way that you can have the income and the savings and the protection in case something like this happens. Because unfortunately, once something like this happens, 
more than likely, something else is going to come along that's going to be similar. Like, it's not like this is going to more than likely going to be a one and done thing, and we're never going to experience this again. It hasn't. We haven't experienced this before, but more than likely, now that this has happened, something else is going to happen, and we're going to have another shutdown at some point. So, what are we going to do to prepare for that? Exactly, and because uh, uh, you know, you you have issues like this, and about how they're all going to talk about the the economy. Uh, we need to be entrepreneurial about everything, uh, and as you just said, to be independent thinkers. And you may find something to do in order, because the whole thing about being successful is to is to find a problem, to provide the solution, and to make it work in that solution. And a lot of those people who who have that mentality, they 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 don't run from the problem; they try to fix the problem. And that's why you unleash the private sector. Because there are a lot of people out there who have great ideas and great abilities that the Lord has blessed them with to be able to be self-sufficient. We may find out that uh, the money changes hands in the different people now. And those are the people who don't sit around biting their fingernails and sweating everything out and pointing the fingers at everybody who are doing different things. And so if you go out there and you do what you just said, Jeff, uh, you're going to probably find now that you maybe you were meant to do certain things uh, as far as career choices or uh, providing solutions for. Maybe this is a time that you will find that you have an ability you never thought you you had and were suppressing it all of this time just to work for somebody. Uh, and I think that 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 is that's a really great outlook to have on that. Good good perspective. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, I think I think one of the other areas that we could probably discuss in relation to a lot of this would be, you know, somewhat more of like your expertise. Uh, you know, when we were talking, when we uh, put together the book Social Injustice, you wrote the book on illegal immigration. And I th- and I think that what one of the thi- one of the things that the coronavirus really showed is how much our reliance on outsourcing things and also people coming in and out of the country how much of that has had an impact on uh, coronavirus spreading here in the United States? You know, and and we saw that uh, President Trump shut down, um, you know, travel pretty early on, and he's been getting stricter and stricter as we go along. But you know, can you talk to the fact that that you know that our reliance on foreign, whether it's products from coming out of China or people traveling in and out of China or Mexico or other third world countries or whatever it is that, I mean, like in all reality, that does bring in disease. It does cause these kinds of implosions when something like this happens. Absolutely. Uh, if you think that when, when he was talking about shutting the border down and he was talking about that, you know, several uh, days or weeks or whatever before everything, because that was one of the the issues was that everybody across all, like if you think, uh, I think it was Thailand that, that one of the people that came there and infected all of them uh, was uh, from the Wuhan area and, and uh, came there, got everybody sick, and then it kept going from border to border. Like Merkel, she didn't do anything and uh, about uh, their the you know because she's been doing this border crisis anyway. She's uh, complicit in all of that globalism. Uh, and I think that her background is she's a, a virus researcher or something like that. I think that that's in her background. So, you know, she would know that there's an issue with this and that uh, bringing in people like that. So if you look back, uh, you can go and check on the uh, uh, programs from last December that I put out uh, with uh, called the Immigration Warfare Series with uh, Battlefront Southgate here uh, that we talked about them flooding the gates and we talked about. Also in 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 the fifth program about how they were allowing people to come here and infiltrate, and then if you go and look at the news, you'll see what was some of the most recent uptick in the illegal immigration was from China, and so if you start having people that are coming into here uh, illegally and and you're not catching them, uh, they are not going to have the same sanitation standards that you have. They're uh, they may be asymptomatic and and carrying the virus. And then they start going into these places that people are are normally going, like the rest stops. They go are going into the stores, maybe standing up and t- touching everything, and 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 then spreading a virus which has been shown to be highly contagious. 
And that's a problem. And so how do you how do you really break down a nation is, uh, you know, if you start thinking it from a biological warfare perspective, you send in a bunch of sick people and then infect them. Because what was it up in New York? There was this Islamist uh, or somebody, I think I, I, off the top of my head from care. And he was talking about going and infecting everybody. Uh, that's a problem. And you got people that are you able to use the, a terrorist approach through. Uh, uh, carrying a virus around. Um, and uh, I think that that's a, a problem. And you need to shut your borders down. All travel needs to be stopped. If you're trying to keep things from coming in, especially if they're coming from other countries, you don't have any idea at this point who's a carrier and who's not, who's sick and who's not. Uh, and, and it's already going to put a problem on all of the things that you're trying to do with your first responders in order to stop the virus. So you could be self-quarantining uh, in, in, in all of this to this point. Uh, but you still have people running around there coming through the border, uh, getting everybody sick. So it would be all for naught uh, if, if with all of the people coming over. So it's absolutely imperative that we have shut that border down. We have to stop the inflow, the 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 flow of anybody in there. And, uh, and that's another problem. If you look at uh, if you look at some of the things that was being offered by some of these politicians, we're talking about uh, in the the H1B visas and all of that because we need to bring more doctors in, right? So Let's bring some more foreign doctors in who are already over there in their own countries trying to take care of the situation. Uh, I think that an Italian doctor just died recently from uh, his exposure to it. So uh, it's absolutely insane because there is a legal aspect to the, the the illegal immigration. It goes from being legal with them bringing them in, you increase them, and then they're uh, ducking out on their uh, expirations of the visas and stuff. So, yes, all travel uh, needs to be stopped. The, the we need to be uh, securing the borders because uh, that is a, a huge open door to making this situation far worse than it already is. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it, it's important that we do understand that uh, part of the reason why we as conservatives want uh, want legal immigration, it's not to hurt people that are wanting to come here. It's not It's not necessarily to keep them out. What it is is so that way we can vet them because if we know where they're coming from, then what we can do is we can take a look at their country and see are there any diseases that we need to you know keep an eye out for. And then if there are, maybe they seem healthy. Maybe we let them in. But then if there's an outbreak, then we know where the source is and then we can come back and we can provide medical, medical care where it's needed. And I feel like that's one of the things about this coronavirus uh, it, it's really shown that if we would have been implementing conservative values like dealing with the border and illegal immigration, like uh, you know, uh, not relying on other countries for products, you know, if we were America first when it comes to uh, business and not relying on China for cheap products that they make using pretty much in sweatshops and slave labor, practically, like if we would rely on the government on uh, on America for. Uh, for our resources and things like that, we wouldn't be in this situation in a in a, in a big larger sense in dealing with uh, not having particular products that are no longer being shipped in from China. You know that that's a whole other conversation to have as well. Yeah, that is very important because you think about that as I was just talking about all of the visas about how how we're bringing in all of the uh, foreign uh, with the schooling with the F ones and all of that. Uh, it's a problem because we're we're bringing in all of and in, in teaching all of these people, but we're not taking care of our own. So we sit there and we exported all of our jobs because the excuse me the previous administration wanted to say that we no longer want to manufacture here. So you basically have put your whole country uh, into uh, control of another, and then that's why the the very people where the virus or, originated are sending out threats to us that they're not going to send us the products that we need. And that is a huge issue there because now we're without because we, we gave away our capabilities to have all the here. So it's important that we are America first. It's important that other countries are their country first because if they can produce within their own countries, then a lot of this would be stopped. Now, that's why, you know, you've got all of the communist regime over there in China. You still, those people needed to overthrow that, you know, themselves. If they want that, they need to overthrow it. And uh, if we have everything here, just how quickly can we deliver supplies if we are building everything here and if we're uh, creating our own medicine here, if we're, all of our people are trained in, in the STEM uh, uh, subjects that 
you, they're able to respond quickly to this. But if you've exported everything, uh, your if you've if you've exported your intellectual uh, jobs, then you have destroyed your nation. And then recovering from something like this makes it even harder. And so that's that's right. We need to have everything manufactured here and we need to have our supply chains here so that if there's any crisis you can close your borders you can do all that and not have to worry about whether you can get all of these imports and to be able to survive yeah and, and in all really we we have to be honest about uh about the reason why we do uh bring in products from china is because they can make it for cheaper than we can here and then the reason is is because we have minimum wage they don't and that's also one of the benefits that a lot of people see in allowing illegal immigration is that, you know, to a certain degree, a lot of our produce and a lot of those things are artificially low because illegal immigrants are able to come in and they're willing to get paid less than minimum wage, even though that's illegal. Americans can't compete for those jobs because of those minimum wage standards. So there's this whole system of big government that's that's creating this chaos, that's creating the problem, and then now we're trying to deal with the repercussions of playing within the rules that that the big government globalist agenda has set forth. And now we're like, okay, so how do we compete when we're competing with China that's literally paying pennies on the dollar to make products that can be sold at the, at the dollar store that Americans can't make that kind of stuff. And that's part of the problem, I think. Uh, right. Uh, I think that the minimum wage is a huge problem. Uh, and that's why you, you see the people who have made moves to try and, and increase the minimum wage to drive down the dollar and to uh, drive down the availability of jobs. And so what, what we have there is an issue that uh, – if this, there should be a thing called American exceptionalism, and the reason being is because we're all, we we take more care in in, in the things that we do. We're, we're cleaner. We um, uh, and you pay more for that. You got to pay more for uh, the, the labor. You know, everything is is relative to to the job that's being performed, of course, uh, in, in the way business is. Uh, but you you gotta. You got to pay the people more it, just because you want to, and it would cost more. But if people are the making the more money, in my opinion, they're going to still be able to afford it. It all takes care of itself. Uh, but if you don't have any people here able to make the money, then who's going to buy those uh, dollar goods anyway that you guys are producing in your Chinese sweatshops? Uh, and then who's to say that now we're importing all that stuff that the viruses and stuff are already on those things as well? Um, so it's it's actually kind of uh, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Uh, let's pay for this cheap product, but uh, it's not manufactured here. And now when we need it, it can't be delivered to us. Or uh, you have the uh, illegal immigrants that were working for the low cash. Uh, they weren't having their own sanitary standards, which is why I think we've gotten a lot of sickness here in the past with uh, salmonella and all that. Cause they, you know, uh, there was a time I was, a, went to a restaurant one time and I seen people going out there, not washing their hands, you know, uh, and that, that that's a that's a big issue there, and you know we we should be concerned about that very much. So, yeah, yeah, and, you know, and, and I and I think that one of, one of the other things that I wanted to you know ask you about as well is there seems to there's this outrage right now over uh, over President Trump and a lot of other conservatives as well for calling this the China virus or the Chinese virus or even the Wuhan virus. Um, and, you know, they'll say that it's racist, that, um, that, you know, we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't, because in their words, you know, t disease has no borders and it's, it's causing, uh, it's causing Americans to look down on people from Chinese descent and causing bigotry and, you know, hate crimes and all this kind of stuff. What's your response to that argument? My response is just quite simply that we name all viruses from the places of origin. It has nothing to do with ethnicity. It has nothing to do with uh, uh, with, with social standing or anything such as that. It's just the location. It was that's how they identify these viruses, and that's how it's remembered that this is a location. Uh, you know, not that I'm some kind of scientist or anything, but uh, that's from what I understand is that's why those viruses are named such things. And anybody who's deflecting at this point and saying that it's a racist thing is just trying to. Uh, uh, to stop the conversation they're trying to stop the flow of the information because uh, who knows maybe they are protecting some of the people who are responsible for the virus uh, that uh, they're protecting certain regimes now I, I don't know that for a fact yet but 
it would seem that that's likely. Uh, and but when you're sitting there, anytime that it's just like with anything that you're talking about, anytime that somebody resorts to calling it racism or or uh, unkind or anything, what they're doing is they're not wanting to uh, keep the conversation going, or the they're trying to stop the flow of certain information and. That's the reason that it's a it's a real big problem. I would tell them that uh, what is it that you are trying to hide, and why do you think that it's it's racist? And uh, you know they're like going to say it's just because you're you're labeling a certain uh, uh, people that way. But no, it's a location. So I guess we're a bunch of locationophobes now. So that seems to be the problem to me, and that's how I would respond. Right, right. So th- so then, like looking looking forward. In in your in your opinion, looking at it from a conservative perspective. What should what should our government be looking to do moving forward? Because I feel like right now what we're seeing is we're seeing the government be making these really big decisions, sweeping decisions. It's in all reality if these it's it's big government ideas that that the government's the solution. They need to come in. They need to provide um, the answer to everything. So looking at it from a conservative perspective, what what should we be wishing that the government would do? Um, I would say that we need to just, as I said, stay out of the private sector because it, it, when you start getting the government to take over all the social, and obviously we're going to uh, need some help uh, at this point. Uh, like I said, we were unprepared for. I do oppose handing out a bunch of cash, and uh, I think that you're opening up a, a problem there. Uh, I oppose bailouts of industries, especially uh, the airline industry, um, but you know there are concerns that that you know to crash those and the chinese would be able to take over that and that seems a realistic concern and then you have concerns about run on base but what have we gotten how, how much has anything helped us by us continuing to allow the government to come in and relieve pressure uh maybe we need a breakdown maybe we need to start losing some industry uh people because if you unleash the private sector other people are going to come and take their place in some way maybe maybe some of this needs to happen and not that I want it to. I don't want anybody to suffer. I don't want anybody to hurt. Um, you know, that concerns me, too, that uh, maybe I'm going to have to go without. You know, I need things just as much as anybody else. But we need to keep everything in a perspective that, that the only time anything is ever done well is when you allow people to go out there and make their own decisions do it. People will find a way to bring income in. It may hurt for a little while, but they'll find a way. Are any of us going to lose our homes? I hope not. Uh, but, you know, as I've been listening, the, those uh, real estate courts and everything, they're closed anyway, so you got some time. Uh, this, what we need to do is tell the government, stay back, uh, let us handle this. Uh, and then if we need maybe some regulations to uh, kind of keep everything in line about the way we're being steered, then we can approach that. But right now, the biggest point is we need to allow people to be out there making decisions. Uh, like here locally here in East Texas. Uh, we have uh, restaurants who are already, uh, without being told to, closing down and doing curbside. Uh, look, before all of that, what was starting to get really popular anyway was curbside pickup. Uh, and that was a solution that was provided for somebody because everybody's moving more and more to wanting to buy online, go and pick it up for convenience, and then bring it back home. So that was another avenue that the businesses were able to start generating income. And it's also helped a lot of us other people to generate income off of that because then we provide other solutions to uh, fill that gap. And so what's going to happen is you get people out there and they start coming up with solutions to fix a problem that's already hitting them. It'll happen. And it may not be as quickly as everybody's wanting to do it. it it's possible. Uh, I think that what you need to do is you need to unleash the private sector. Don't seize it. When you start seizing the private sector, you will stop any kind of solutions in the future because then what's going to happen is the only solution is the government and that's absolutely as a conservative uh as a constitutional republican uh that that's how i believe i believe that people can will take care of this will we prepare for this disaster no but we will find a way we will everybody when they are allowed and look at all the government tape that's being cut anyway think about that for for a moment They've cut a lot of these regulations, and look how quickly things are, are starting to happen to be able to, to implement measures to uh, curb the crisis, to, to, to provide solutions of things that might be happening. 
it's actually a, a good thing. So the less government regulation and the less of the government gets involved making things happen, uh, then, then the, you're, to me, you're going to prolong the problem if you if you continue to. Uh, the, the more government measures, the worse it'll be. Uh, so let's, let's move away from that. Let's start maybe uh, getting uh, some people who are probably, maybe there's some people out there who's kind of been quiet and, and you lost your job. Now's a better time than ever to find find a way to fix a problem. Uh, get together with people and you can figure it out. We can do it. Absolutely, Americans, we can we can get out there and we can fix the problem ourselves. You don't need government handouts, right? And, and I and I think that something to uh, remember as well is is that um, you know like economic experts and things like that. A lot of times, what they say is that uh, that the time where you'll make money is in a down economic time. Obviously, right now it's very difficult because the government is being extremely big and large and really shutting down private business right now overall, but. If you start laying the groundwork down now, there is an opportunity for you to grow as the economy is growing as well. Um, and so, you know, they say like the the majority of uh, wealth is actually created during economic downtime because they lay the groundwork during the downtime and then grow with the economy as opposed to trying to build it once the economy is already big. Oftentimes that can actually be harder to build a business. So it's just something to keep in the back of your mind, um, you know. Is there something that I could start working towards now that maybe in a month or two when the economy starts coming back, maybe it'll grow and uh, I could turn it into something where I'm actually self-supportive, which I think we we need to really focus on. I mean, in all reality, entrepreneurism is really what made America great uh, and building that up and what actually created so much wealth in America as opposed to just expecting and feeling entitled to a job or a government handout or something along those lines. Right. I mean, you know, what is what's what is I think the definition of a job really is just it's a temporary uh, time of work uh, that I think that and this is something that even way back when uh, Obama and everybody was doing what they were doing. I always thought that if we can just move to a more uh, self-employed because who do they tax the most right now? Anyway, the S quadrant. So they're going the. the why do they do that? It's because you're killing s- small business. But the backbone of America is small business. So if everybody is able to go out there and then produce a service on his own, then he, you, you'll cause everything to go. They'll work harder because, face it, many people in a job anyway, they don't put forth their total best efforts. Uh, they can do a lot more. And if a man has to work for himself, uh, he handles things differently. He handles his finances differently. He handles his family life differently. Uh, he and he handles his work differently. You'll have a lot less people out there uh, doing a bad job because then you'll have small, tiny businesses. And if you know you're only as small as you want to be at that point, but um, just imagine if we went back to a time when everybody was in business himself to a point i mean there's going to be jobs around that's the point is it's temporary though and you know of course we're going to need to employ people but those businesses are the ones that do that so uh, allow people to provide solutions allow people to think for themselves for a change and it's going to take some time for some people i was in a job for 15 years i can't lie to you that uh, it hasn't been difficult to be self-employed myself uh even though that's always what uh, I've, i've studied and that's always what i've done that's always what i've always tried to do uh, that's the way that I've always tried to steer my thinking, but you get habits that way. And maybe this is a wake up call for us all to be more self-sufficient. Yeah. Which, which I think is really, which I think is really needed, uh, in the grand scheme of things at, as Americans, just in general. So, um, so like kind of, kind of as we're, as we're wrapping up, uh, so as, as believers and as Christians, what do you feel like is is the best way to be light shining into darkness and being able to and like because we're we're in this major crisis as a nation, everybody's running around. Uh, a lot of people are scared. They don't really they don't know where their next paycheck's going to come. They don't know what the government's going to do next. How do we as believers um, be that shining light to a dark world and point people towards the gospel in all reality? Okay, well, so the first thing I would start with is, you know, you have a local church and the local body of believers takes care of one another. All right. Uh, I believe that that that's that's where uh, 
you take care of your people in your congregation. Uh, this is a crisis that you're going to have to. Some people are working still, and some people already have been. Everybody in that church is successful to certain degrees. Uh, so I believe that you know you should be there to help people. If it don't now, if somebody doesn't have goods and you have extra goods, I, by all means do help them out. Okay, now, I think that that that's a good way to show that you 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 care for somebody's well-being. Now don't go away giving your whole household. Um, or don't don't go out of your way to uh, break yourself to do it. You've got to remember fam- your family unit first. Um, and I think that another good thing to do is to, if you're able to sit down with anybody, to uh, pull out the Word of God and you guys all read it together. Um, I've been uh, really busy lately, and but the thing that I always uh, done, except for the past like three weeks or so, is I read the Bible to my kids every night. This is a great time to be doing that with people. Uh, Maybe maybe you can have uh, some groups online that, and then you and then you invite others who don't even attend church uh, faithfully to come there. So I think that uh, pull out your Bibles and start reading, uh, and then and then people will question that because as things do continue to get worse, if they do, uh, then you're able to be a shining light and the only way you're able to be a shining light is with the word of God to be able to send it to the, what it says and then explain it. And as you, and, and don't panic that I, that we as believers cannot absolutely be out there panicking. Now are some of us out there saying strong things? Yes, but that's not panicking. That's exhortation. And that's because we see a, a problem and we are raising up a shout against it. That's in defense of many of you, but uh, don't, don't be one of the people out there fighting in crowds uh, who are trying to get product. Uh, be different. Uh, if, as much as possible, smile. Uh, because people are going to wonder why that guy's not stressed out. Uh, and then you can give them uh, the reason for the hope that you have been given. And that's the best thing I can say to do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, so uh, you know, as, as always, if, if people want to be following uh, you Want to know what you're up to, what you're talking about, what you're saying, want more information, that sort of thing. What's the best way for them to be in contact and kind of keep up on uh, everything that you're up to? Okay, so there's uh, actually, you can follow me. Uh, the, the quickest way to get me to respond is on, on Twitter uh, under my uh, handle uh, at D-L-O-Y-D-F-A-U-L-K, uh, at D-L-O-Y-D Falk. Follow me there on Twitter because I'm on that a lot. It's the avenue that I use. Uh, my DMs are open. I do not have those closed. And I, if you have any questions, you can contact me there. You can also contact me at uh, battlefrontbroadcasting at outlook.com. Uh, and uh, uh, we will be having a website also, uh, bfbroadcasting.com, uh, which there'll be a way to contact us there and to also um, uh, partake of some of the material that we'll be putting out. But definitely, if you guys have any questions, Twitter's the best way to get me. Uh, if uh, if you have any concerns about and you don't want to uh, get me on Twitter, Battlefront Broadcasting at Outlook.com. Uh, if you have any questions, just please send that to me there, and then I will do my best to give you the most uh, correct answer that I can find. Uh, I, as with everything, nobody knows everything. Uh, but if you and if you know things that maybe you would feel you you, you need to bring to my attention or correct me on, uh, you can try. <laughs> but you, uh, I'm, I'll listen. Uh, so, but you can contact me there, uh, and then because uh, you know I don't know everything either, and I'm m- more than happy for you to come to me with information that you might have, or maybe you want me to get it out for people. Please contact me that way. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, and then for everybody as well, uh, as always, you guys for more information in general with the GK. You guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com. We've got all of our podcasts. Uh, we've, you know, we've got a new show from uh, Rucker Report. Uh, that's our newest show we've added to the lineup. Uh, that's with JD Rucker from Knock Report, and he's just breaking down the news and that sort of thing as well. Uh, but, but then also as a reminder as well, we do have our membership program. Uh, check that out. Uh, you guys, you guys, if you sign, again sign up for the annual membership, you'll get a free copy of the book Social Injustice, which which both uh, Dustin and I were a part of. Uh, writing chapters for as well. So uh, for, again, more information on that, gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Check that out. 
Um, yeah, and then we're, yeah, we're just we're just knocking out uh, new episodes of conversations with Jeff pretty much every day. Uh, keep checking back here on Facebook as well. Uh, but yeah, Dustin, thanks for coming on. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. I really feel like this is a really important uh, time in our country's history, but it's also really important that we actually discuss a lot of these issues. So I really thank you for coming on and, and doing this with me. Oh man, thank you very much. It was. It was good to be with you, you all again, uh, especially with the gatekeepers, because uh, we we seek to be a right source of information for you all, and it's a it's a pleasure to get on here and talk to you any way that I can. Of course, of course. So yeah, again, everybody, uh, gatekeepersonline.com, and we will be back uh, soon with another with another episode. We'll just keep knocking them out, and more people, more conversations, and we shall see you guys next time. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.